All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Project Warman podcast with me, Connor Warman. My guest today is Diesel Mike Long. Diesel Mike is someone that I've gotten to know better over the last two years or so, and someone that I am proud to call my friend. We've done a few longer events together, and it's always fun having the opportunity to sit down and chat with him about them afterwards. Today, we recap the third annual Big Fish Foundation fundraiser. We talk a little bit about the event and how it was structured, how we felt it went for each of us. We talk about highlights, low points, lessons learned. Mike compares it to fundraisers of the past, and we compare it to events that we've done together. We also dig into motivations for doing events like these, different drivers in our lives, and also discuss the attitude that we both share of how far can we push this thing. As always, I hope that you enjoy this conversation and are able to take something from it. Now, without further ado, Mike Long. All right, Mike, what's going on, man? What's going on, brother? Another Tuesday, a little sore from Murph yesterday, but nothing, nothing too bad. How'd that go? You did it yesterday? Yeah, we did rock, paper, scissors, so I ended up doing it on partition, so it was fun. So, like, three of us do it at a neighborhood garage gym, and then my son and his friends do it after we do it, so... It's a little different atmosphere than the box, but it's something we started like two years ago, and it's been a blast. Oh, nice. So you do it at the neighbor's house? Yeah, we put a rig in his garage. Um, I have two pull-up bars in mine, but he's got, I don't know, like the typical CrossFit. You can do pull-ups from both sides and one from in the middle. Uh, so you can have three guys going at once, and we'll do a little bit of a staggered start anyways just to kind of spread out. But it's uh, we have a nice mile loop around the uh, garage gym, and uh, it's a good time. Nice, yeah. We did it on Friday. Um, our gym did it on Sunday. We do it on Sunday, but we all do it on Friday just because it's so crazy in the gym and stuff. Yeah, I know our box had I don't know a couple hundred people through like four different classes. I used to coach it back in the day, um, which coaching Murph, as you know. <laughs> It's like cool for the first class, and then by like the fourth, you're like, "Hey, it, where's the barbecue?" And you know, what I mean, after you've seen thousands of air squats, it's like, "All right, like you just stand there. You don't really eat coach a little, but I mean, what are you gonna do?" Kind of just you like know? moving people through it, just yeah. making sure no one does anything yeah. stupid. Yeah, it's always a fight over should I wear a vest or not, and it's like you do you. <laughs> do it you know what I mean? Form, like it, it's but. I don't think it was designed to be two hours, but um, we were talking about this yesterday. I, I get kind of dicky about it, and full disclosure, I, I'm not military or whatever. Everybody in my family is military but me. But, like, I don't want to hear about your PRs at Murr for this. It's like, dude, you just show up at the hero workout, go hardest balls, and whatever happens, happens. I see, you know, it's like at the open. People get way too stressed out about the open, and it's like, dude, just throw it out. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely used to be the other way. Like, you're just always concerned about the PR and whatever. And you're like, well, there's a bigger reason that we do this, this one in particular, especially. It's just like, just show up and just do it. Like, who cares? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. I had some buddies absolutely destroy it. They did it Cindy style. Yeah. Like 37 minutes. I mean, it's impressive to watch and do it. Um, you know, for me, it's always the push ups. Yeah. That's like most people. I really, for some reason, I don't like the squats. Just too many. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
It's kind of hard to say that after, oh, he's done, what, 32 hours, 30 hours, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah. like for Madness, we just had uh, Jackie and, what was it, Helen? Yeah. Everyone's like, man, you did well on those. I'm like, dude, that's my time domain, like seven minutes <laughs> or less. I love CrossFit, right? Anything after that, I'm kind of like, eh, that's really sorry. Yeah. I'm either like one to five minutes or like it's got to be excessively long anything in yeah, between yeah <laughs> sure I, it's funny because on uh i went and stayed out at uh will's house in castle rock uh monday night and you know, i was sitting in the airport or maybe it was on the plane doesn't matter but i was calculating i've spent like a hundred and i think it's 36 hours working out on the ranch like awake in the last like 20 months oh really that's yeah, I was like, dude, that's, that's a little <laughs> bit of a long time, right? And I was just kind of like, because I added up the first one, and then, you know, the 32-hour we did, and then the last two big fish, and I was like, it's like 140-some hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with that. It's kind of cool. No, I, I love it out there, and, you know, we were blessed that uh, the weather was perfect this time. It was last time, but it wasn't too hot. I mean, it's hard to have a bad day on the ranch out there, because at least where I live, it's all data centers and, you know, buildings, and yeah. that the scenery out there is just amazing. What's wild is the next weekend, he got, like, two feet of snow at his house. It, my mom my mom called me about that, because she's like, did you see what happened out there? And I'm like, no, nah, because it was, like, 90 here. And it was literally like two feet of snow. And I'm like, thank God we either left or because you and I did some of the snow and ice, but yeah. dude, two feet out there has to suck. But that would have, that would have changed the entire thing. Like a hundred percent going to 100%. get that stuff and like taking, carrying the stuff around the trail would have been like 25 minutes. I don't think it would have been doable. No. Trudging no. through it's snow. It's got hard no enough way. towards the end. <laughs> no. It got hard enough uh, the last couple hours yeah. with the luggage jug or whatever. And then you would drop so. it and like you'd go take a break and it'd just be buried in snow and you'd be like, fuck this, I'm not picking yeah. this up again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, was like, I saw you guys got hammered with snow at the 72-hour uh, row. Yeah, luckily I was, like, it was inside. You know what? Though, you know? Yeah, but I was like, even being stuck in that garage for 72 hours, I'm like, uh, I'd probably get a little tested. Yeah, that was tough. It, I mean, it was inside, so it was fine. But like, it got down to like negative twenty or fifteen at night. So like, we were sleeping in his studio. So walking from the garage to the studio, you're just like, this is miserable. <laughs> Even though it's yeah, not like you're a wide awake walk. at that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, so let's just talk a little bit about kind of what we did not necessarily what we did but like what we did like big fish and kind of what big fish is all about let's start there yeah um there's so many different routes there to go i'll say from that one being my third event it's just that one it's been amazing to see big fish take off from an idea that uh you know he brought up a couple of years ago to where it is now i think this year what's the expression? Like it really hit critical mass. Um, you know, a lot, I think a lot better coverage. Uh, I thought this one and you, you were around for last year. This one I think was the hardest physically. Um, really? because with, 
Yeah, it was, I mean, I think with some of the built-in rest, I don't want to say a trick to, but that rest helped you, at least it helped me go harder at different parts. I mean, I definitely started to fade towards the end. Um, no questions about that. But um, I think because of some, just the way either the event was or uh, the little bit of breaks, it, it wasn't a slog like the second one was because it's like you really had no rest in the second one so your performance at different parts really started to suffer mm. um i think this one was a couple little breaks here and there at least it gave you some gusto so hey you can walk normally you're fine <laughs> say hi to connor hi. so um yeah, so I mean that that was good. Uh, it was a good group of people. It was a bit, you know, different. There wasn't the same faces as before. Um, a lot of great people. Saw some people really push it. Um, there's a little. I don't want to say more strategy with this one um, as we talk about it, but I know Brandon and I had a complete meltdown on. I think it was number six on the trail. Those things hidden behind the three boulders. We were lost for like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Dude, I was going to lose my mind. That was so, like the easiest like, one. <laughs> we, covered, we covered every area but that one, and that, that one definitely hurt. Um, you know, adding the shooting component I thought was different, but um, it was definitely fun. Um, yeah, that was cool. You know, just from the get-go, yeah. To kind of start from the beginning, like we did that first loop on the fire break or whatever. And I'm like, okay, everyone's going to grab one plate. Someone might be crazy and grab two. I show up to the rig and like, you have three, Bailey has three. I'm like, literally there's like a 15 and a 10. And I handed somebody a 15 and I was like, okay, dude, this went from like zero to a hundred in the first yeah. five minutes. So, well, the thing with that, cause it was, how long did he say it was that loop we did? A little under a mile? It's like just under a mile. It's like 0. 0.89 or something but like that. But you had to storm up the fire break, which was terrible. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. so you had that. But he's the, the key, like you're saying, like the strategy thing, the key rule was like you can't take more than what you took the first time. So my yep. thinking was like just grab as much as you can, you know, suck it up for the first one, and then you'll like whatever happens on the next one. You know, just give yourself the opportunity yeah. to carry more. Versus taking like one plate, 45 pounds, and not having the chance to go higher, you know? Because didn't you do yeah, that? Yeah, I told you and Bailey said sandbags because I had <laughs> two plates. And I was like, you're like, you can take a sandbag. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit, man. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, so you're like right off the get-go mentally, you're like, dude, that's 20 points, but it's triple, so now it's 60 points. And, you know, it, it, it set the tone right off that, you know, people were going to gun it. Um to go and you know that that set the whole thing and then after an hour of that we went into what was it land now yeah the the one hour thing yeah though, that was cool i definitely had to calm myself down a little bit because it was like a faster one like we were kind of racing yeah and i was like like just you got to know that like it's gonna the event's gonna kind of settle in because like the landmass wasn't yeah. super demanding but like the way that no, first that hour, was actually kind of relaxing. Yeah, but um, the way that first I'll skip hour ahead went, a little bit. Yeah, it was just like holy shit, we're going right now. Yeah, it was nitro. Um, but then we went into land nav with machines. We kept rolling seven, which was awesome because I knew right where the seven flag was. Yeah. 
but we were stepping on the echo bike. I mean, we were doing like 150 cows in seven minutes, which it happened to you. So I felt a little bit better, but the first lug jug or whatever, you know, everyone slams the pull-ups and then that reverse hill with like the soft dirt, my quads just exploded. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you, echo bike. Like, <laughs> you know, the, the, the row and the true form were the row and the true form, but we kept hammering the echo bike and uh i love the echo bike but man my quads were just crushed when we started lug a jug um lug a jug was extremely sneaky um you know i'll blame it on poor shoulder mobility but i had the kettlebell in the back and obviously you did too with that huge bruise that you ended up having but (laughs) what i liked about that is there's literally no rest um whereas like the year before that's why i say i thought it was more physical was you had that those huge logs on your shoulder but it was only one of you yeah. the one guy got a break from the grip yeah. um maybe necessarily wasn't easier but it's like you know you really didn't have to switch the luggage jug or the jug the jerry can or the kettlebell um but then you know when you're tired and a lot of the strategy kicks in like hey let's just jam this one and then go get a gold one which is worth a thousand points where do you stash it you know how do you do these things and then the pull-ups um i don't know i mean what do you think you did 250 plus pull-ups yeah probably probably yeah i mean i figure I know somebody said the total running between everything, and I know everyone's not the same, but call it 60 miles. But, yeah, I know from the beginning, the first luggage jug, we got two in the first hour. But just figure you did two laps every hour, if not three. You're doing 25 to 30 pull-ups, it's 50. You probably did 200-plus the first luggage jug and at least a buck 50 on the second luggage jug. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it became a lot and it was it was actually funny to watch. It was actually kind of demoralizing over time to watch Carrie just hop up and knock out like a set of 30. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it was yeah, there was uh the first, you know, we got down there on the first minute, you know, after the, you know, the quarter mile sprint or whatever there. They had 12 people. I saw a couple elbows and it's like, you know, who's going to do this? And it was just like butterfly, butterfly, butterfly kit. But no matter what, I mean, that rig was shaking. Um, and if you're taller, you had to be in the front. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty much standard, like you and your partner split uh, as much as you could. So yeah. Yeah. that was that. I mean, it was very grip intensive. Um but you just saw a lot of people just really bust their ass, which is always the goal, you know, the common goal that, you know, no one's out there really loafing. Um, I don't think I had a temper tantrum to like 4 a.m. on land nav, you know, like <laughs> DT was having to hold me up a little bit. Like the, the sleep was starting to kick in and yeah, I was getting a little touchy and like usual, as soon as the sun comes up, I feel better. Uh, look, you're getting amazing food from paleo Nick. Um, yeah. And then it's just like, you know, it got a little chilly. I don't think it was anything terrible. Oh, it was um, really, really nice. The sun came up and, yeah. <clears throat> you know, we didn't get rained on, uh, which helps. The wind stopped. It's like the only time I've ever been up there where there's no wind. Um, 
So overall, I mean, it was just, it was a very, I thought pretty grueling experience. Um, but it was definitely, I thought the most interesting, but well-programmed and, you know, going back even to the first one, everyone asked me like, how are they? And it's like, the first one was repetitive. It was just run bench press, run bench press, but it was really a man versus man or woman versus man or one-on-one, whatever you want to yeah. call it, mm-hmm. where the last two have been more, more team-based. Um, and then the third one, really, you only had two partners where last year we had, you know, call it six. You got to rotate more in different styles. So this one, you know, I think required much better teamwork and communication than probably last year. Yeah, a lot of teamwork, um, a lot of other variables like partner, for example, like versus individual or just only having two partners for the whole thing. And then like rolling the dice in the land nav one, like always adds, you know comes down to roll the dice there's chance but one of my favorite parts this is actually hilarious when we first started the lug and tug or lug and jug whatever (laughs) lug and tug lug and tug (laughs) rub and tug rub and tug (laughs) when dt and i dropped ours right before the finish to grab the gold and i guess tosh like hadn't thought of it or didn't think we would think of it and he was just like like, I don't know if he was mad, but he was just like, I didn't think they were going to do that. Because I remember, like, numerous people, like Jason Welch and people were coming up and they're like, dude, I can't believe you guys did that. Tosh is pissed. And I was just laughing. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> no, you guys figure that out quick. And right I, away. That know, was our like, plan from the start. Thing, that's, that's another thing that um, – you know, going back to carrying the plates was it's like, dude, one, cause everyone copies each other. Right. Yeah. You know, even during land nav, it's like, Hey, like, dude, you're way off. And that's what someone told us. I'm like number six. But like, when you guys drop that up front, I'm like, Oh, that just changed everything. Cause it, it actually increases the intensity. Cause you're like, Hey dude, that's how you do it. Now, you know, you're just going to have to gun a couple laps and the second lug a jug, you know, DT and I had to get strategic and be like, hey, man, it's like 19 minutes. We can run this thing up, you know, pretty close, give ourselves like 30 seconds to breathe and then just take off. And whether you're going for a goal or just to increase that lap speed again. Um, but it's mainly because you guys dropped it. I didn't think anybody was going to go for that for a while. Yeah. Like I thought that would be like the home run at the end. And right from the beginning, it changed everything. Yeah, no, that was fun. Yeah, DT's a tank. Yeah, especially from having done doing a diesel day the week <laughs> the before, before and then being out there all week. He, he I mean, everyone's great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but he was a machine, and you never heard the dude complain. And it was just push, push, push. And um, especially when I was partnered up with him for the second half. You know, just those gentle reminders and the guy's just a grinder. It was awesome. He's he's been a huge uh, supporter of uh, Big Fish. Yeah, he was was awesome. Um, I I had known, like, watching him go through that diesel day that, like, that lug-a-jug or whatever was going to be good for him. He's just good. He's Like he said, he's just a grinder. He'll just go. He won't stop. But it was actually funny. So before the break, when him and I did that double gold carry – I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. <laughs> he was starting to fade and fade, and we were, we were taking a little longer breaks. And I remember, like, trying to – I tried to been talk, talk him into doing a double for, like, an hour. 
And finally, like, <laughs> like went up to Tosh and I was like, "Hey, I think I'm gonna go. We're gonna go for a double." And he's like, "Do it." He's like, "And if DT says no, <laughs> grab both of them, put them on your shoulder, and start walking down the hill." <laughs> and he'll catch on quick. That's awesome. And I remember what I told That's DT. He's awesome. just like, he just gave me this look, like, "Oh shit! All right, <laughs> I guess we'll do this." But it was funny. What did you think in terms of um, what was what do you think got harder? The first lug jug loop going up that long kind of windy trail that you call it, I don't know, maybe it was a quarter mile. It wasn't straight uphill like the fire break, but like to the that rig. wore on me. Like the first way we no, did af- it? Remember right after the rig, you came around and then you had like that side windy little trail up through the trees before oh, you got yeah, back yeah. on like mm-hmm. the normal path. What did you think was worse, going up that way or coming down and finishing with the pull-ups, but then going up that huge hill to the, the driveway? I, I thought going up that sucked, but I liked that way better. Just because that was about it. Like, that was the, like, you got, then you had two big downhills, which I like that. What about you? Yeah. I, I, I thought that, I don't want to say the second was easier, but, you know, maybe it was programmed that way as we were getting tired, but, um, getting down because you had that long kind of straightaway when the rig would be on your left and it's like you could chuck your stuff over to the right and you know if you got off that rig shook out your hands you could just gun up by the chipper and then up to the driveway like that that felt to me like it made it faster than on the way down the driveway from the first luggage on oh so you like the second way better yeah i did Um, see i don't like i don't like leaving the house and going right up the hill it just I don't know I don't I'd rather just go down and you know feeling good and then you just no, I get, get to the pull ups right away. We had to go up that hill for the uh, the first big fish, so forty two hours up that hill. I got I know that place like that left and all that like yeah. the back of my hand. Yeah, that that trail man get to know it pretty well over time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when we did um, thirty two hours. Remember, weren't we out there on that? We went that way? Yeah, we went up the driveway, took the left. Yeah, we just didn't go in what we call true form corner, which is all that single track. We we veered off to the left. Mm -hmm. That single track's rough, like rough. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've been on that. So we had had the intro part, that hour part. We had three blocks, the nav – the shooting plus all the burpees and stuff, the three minutes on, three minutes off, or six minutes off. Then we had the lug a jug. Then we broke and then we did it again. What do you think about that whole like do it once, break, do it again? Not really break because we did stuff, but like what do you think about repeating it? I thought it was, I, I really liked it. Um, one, it broke up the monotony, I'll say a little bit. Like the second big fish, it was, you know what you had, like it was rolling in the sandbag for 90 minutes and then running with logs for 90 minutes even though these were five-hour blocks like the land nav you're all over different places different machines um it also gave you a chance to re-strategize or if it's you know you already knew where number six was or number seven i thought that sped things up which helped with the intensity and you kind of knew where you could push it or not push it um in terms of like saving your legs or what you needed to do. Um, it didn't make the burpees or rowing or anything else easier. Um, 
but it also, as you saw people start to whine through the middle of the night or kind of get beaten up, I think you, it helps you strategize of where you could push it later on if you needed to. <clears throat> yeah, there was a bit of a moment of like, oh shit, here we go again. And then there was a whole like, I don't know, like at least DT and I, we were in a groove and we had been in a groove together for like, what, 12 hours or more? Yeah. And then, and then it was like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, everything's about to change. And we have to do the whole thing over again. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, and that's the, uh, you know, we'll call it the, the fallacy of the intermezzo. I don't know who really believed that we were going to get rest. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. I think at least I know in my mind, I was like, look, if I can just get till midnight, like there's an hour break and it's like off your feet for a few minutes or change your shoes. Mm-hmm. And then it was the old, Hey, if you want to go run, it's optional. And then you just saw everyone sprint everyone. again. And I'm like, here we go. <laughs> and then like, you found like out your new hour. partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like so I thought that was kind of cool just because it, it kind of, you know, if you had a new partner, you know, whether you, nothing mean, like whether you wanted to or not, it's like, here you go. Like, this is a circumstance. You got somebody different. It might have been taller stature or strengths or weaknesses, but yeah. these are the cards you're dealt. Do it. I think, <clears throat> I think you should have sent us up the, the original route at midnight like back up the fire break that way. And then the we fire would, break would have broke. Then we would have seen who would have, if everybody would have taken <laughs> off again. <laughs> yeah. But the fire break is a game changer on, um, there was one time I can't remember what flag was at the end of the fire break. And I know DT and I probably did it wrong, but he goes, look, the fastest way is, down the fire break and right back up it. Yep. I think we got that one twice. And I know for me, um, it was the first time I ever got doing something and you could hear me wheezing. Like I had hands on the knees at the top of that fire break and it sounded like whistles through my chest. And I was just like, dude, we are not doing that one again. the, The fire break sucked, but honestly, going up the big fish loop, the big fish shell might be worse just because it's so long. That thing never ends. It is. And then when it gets, um, I don't know what you call that when it snakes back or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you go down around back and then all of a sudden you hit that single track and it's just like this impending sense of doom that you know <laughs> that it's going to open up into. I, I tell everyone it's vertical, man. It's like straight up. Cause that's what the fire break feels <laughs> like. Vertical. If you go sideways, you're fine, but, you know, not carrying 40 or 50 pound log up the fire break this time was definitely welcome. Like it was hard enough. Getting yeah. That had to be it. terrible. Like just walking up it is not fun. Yeah. But so for some reason, I really enjoy being out on those trails in like the middle of the night. It's kind of cool when like all you see is whatever is in front of you, like your headlamp, like five to 10 feet and that's it. And you're like, I'm in the middle of these woods, but all I can see is this like five to 10 feet. I don't know. It's kind of nice. kind of keeps you like right where you're at. Not looking ahead, not looking behind. I agree you know? with you. It's just some sort of sense of kind of calm, you know? I always find 
any time out there, you know, usually it's during a physical event, but just it's very peaceful. And I've said this a hundred times and I'll say it till the day I die. You know, watching the sunrise wherever you're at on one of those trails is just, I, I think it's like a spiritual experience. I mean, it's like nature, it's whatever. And the weird thing for me coming from out here, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but anytime I've ever been out there, it's like a light switch. Mm. Oh, it was sunset, boom. Like it went from light to dark and dark to light. I know it was like that during the 32 hours. But it's like, oh, sun's up. And it's like, it's not even like it rises. It's just, it just goes from complete darkness to everything's up. It's yeah. kind of wild. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's definitely different when you're up there watching the sunrise compared to just about anywhere else. It's pretty cool. Cause you can see it a little bit earlier, you know, cause you're up higher. So you kind of see it start to come up on the horizon. Yeah. But no, it's, it's definitely an experience and it does give you energy for sure. It's like all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I'm like awake again. It's like, I just slept, which is nice. What do you think you would rather do there next? Would you rather do a one-on-one, whether it's just you versus the world you like in a diesel day where it's just you versus other people or do you prefer the team component? Uh, I think next would be like me versus me (laughs) kind of. Um, Yeah. I think I would get more at this moment out of something like that than competing against other people. I kind of enjoy that more. Like it's good to do it with people because it raises your game, but there's also something to be said about doing something where it's just you, you know, and you're just doing, you, you kind of got to figure it out for yourself a little bit. Um, cause it's, it's a little bit easier when someone's there to pick you up. Like what, when you're competing against them and you see them do something and you're like, okay, like I can do that. But it's a little different when you have to do that yourself and find that in yourself. You know, does that make sense? A hundred percent. Um, I can tell you from the three events, like the first one, um, look, I'm tired. I'm beat up at all three of them. Um, but the first one, especially like when you're on the trail by yourself and like, um, you know, you take that left at the driveway and you can kind of see down and still see parts of the driveway in the studio, Yeah. but you're out there by yourself. Right. And we saw this a little bit in DD too. Um, that those, even whether it's you versus you or you versus a group of people, I think the mental part of that is so much harder than like the, the team. Mm-hmm. No one can see my air quotes, but the team kind of fundraiser. Cause like, like, let's put it this way. Let's say that it was 12 versus 12 or one-on-one versus whatever, however you say it for, this last fundraiser, if you're carrying that jerry can by yourself, how are those conversations going up after the rig, after the pull-ups? Like if I'm not slamming 25 pull-ups and you're not going to, I know you're going to hit the next one and granted 30 seconds, it changes your strategy. And I think it really changes your internal conversation. Um, You know, you and I both did that kettlebell run swing and it's like <laughs> yeah, look yeah. when no one's around yeah um you know i think that that kind of stuff for me is hard because look you have the option maybe it's not as a fundraiser but you could quit right who's mm-hmm. gonna know or who cares or it's like dude 
if there's no time component to it or time constraint or a cap, like that's quickly to digress. Like the other thing that 25 minutes for the luggage jug that changed everything. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I think the individual things out there and I've obviously done, I don't know, like four or five individual slash kind of team things with Tosh. Um, it's a much different mindset or mental toll than these types of events take on. Yeah. Like that kettlebell run, or it was pretty much just a kettlebell and carry. Like I had people, uh-huh. <laughs> people coming in and out probably through round six, maybe seven. And by then it was late. Like it was one in the morning. And I was like, you could just, no one's going to know. <laughs> You know, but it's yeah. like those kind of moments where you kind of just get get a little insight into who you really are as a person. It's like, yeah, I could stop. I Absolutely. could even say I did it, but like I'm gonna know. <laughs> and what does that say about me? You know? Yeah. And it's just you just I don't know. It's it's those kind of moments that for me are cool because you you find out kind of a little bit about who you are as a person when things get hard, and that's why I like to find those moments and figure just figure it out you know see see what i got see what see how i'm gonna approach it differently than i did last time and it's cool to see that growth over time because it definitely hasn't always been like that absolutely like i think for me personally this event was a big win like there were some really low moments that i was able to pull myself out of that i wouldn't have been able to say a year two years three years ago which is pretty cool so personally those are big wins Oh, that's awesome. I think that's what, you know, everybody gets a little something different out of it. Um, I was talking to Tosh, I don't know, like a month ago or something. And, you know, for myself or I know for him and I don't want to speak completely for him, but like everyone's always like, why is the next event got to be bigger or why is the next event got to be harder? Right. Why do you have to constantly challenge yourself? Um, and I think a lot of it goes because, look, I like you, your parents like you, you know, everyone's going to be your fan or support you, but it's like deep down inside, you know, like if you've pushed it hard enough or it's really been a challenge or if you've settled, mm-hmm. um, like you, you just said a positive win for you. I had some positives. And then also like when I look at it afterwards, I had some negatives. Like I know there's times that I took my foot off the brake. Yep. And it's like, off the so gas. I, you know, I'm asking myself, yeah, right. Or sorry, off the gas. And it's like, why did I do that? Right. And yeah. It's like, those are kind of those, but you have to constantly put yourself in those situations. Um, because I think, look, everybody's definition of hard is their own. Mm-hmm. And what's hard for you may not be hard for me and vice versa, but it's like, I have, common traits at least over these last two fundraisers Mm -hmm. that i know when i haven't given it a hundred percent and it's like well why are you doing that right and have you lost focus like this one i didn't train for it um i'm not in the best shape that i've been in in a while other health stuff going on and life and you know excuses um there's parts where it really kicked in i was like whoa like six months ago or a year ago that wouldn't happen. So yeah. those are the, some of the, you know, and we're our own worst critic, but, but those are things that 
I always like to think about, you know, get that clarity for a couple of days after, because, you know, everyone the next morning is like, oh, man, I can do that again tomorrow, and I crush it. And it's like, yeah. really? <laughs> yeah. That's like going back to the repeat is that's part of it. You just did this again. There's traps where I would loaf a little bit, and then there's like, look, here's where I know I could really step on it. How come I'm not constantly stepping on it? That's a question I'm asking myself. Yeah, and that's cool. And it's cool to afterwards kind of like see the after effects. Like now when I go into like CrossFit workouts, just the mindset's a little bit different. It's like you make the decision. I'm going to walk up to this bar and I'm going to do five power cleans. And like Tosh just kind of just pounded this into my head. Like you make the decision before you get there. And then after that, it just comes down to not letting yourself down. So, you know, you're just like, okay, I'm walking up to this bar. I'm doing five the decisions been made. Like I got to do it. That's it. And just when you start thinking that way, you can do so much more versus like, I'm going to walk up to the bar, see how I feel when I pick up the first one, probably drop it, you know? <laughs> but it's like, if you make that decision before you yeah. get there, it's like, boom, done. No, and that's why I think the constant like challenge or pushing yourself, like you don't know it until you do it. I think about this one a lot, like um, DD2, and I was like one in the morning. He saw it. Like I was in my second round of Cindy and like hit the ground for push-ups, and my body was like, "You're not getting up." And it's like, I know my heart's in it, and I want to do it. Mm -hmm. But when you physically can't do something, it's a completely different feeling, mm -hmm. right? And it's just it's. So what I like is each one of these I always look at as like a building block because you've pushed a different threshold or, you know, the cliche thing is, oh, I've gone deep in the pain cave. And it's like, have you really, though? That's something Chris Smith and I've talked about, like mm. with Fran, you know, I don't who cares who, whatever your Fran time is, but what's the way that you're not just going to shave seconds off of it, but try and just do something insane? Because who cares if you blow up? right? Like yeah. your PR is 15 seconds worse or whatever, but how deep or hard can you really, really push something? I do that with the assault bike. You know, I'm trying to get my body weight and calories in 10 minutes. Um, I've not been able to do it. I've done a hundred and like five and change and then 200. Wait, you're trying to do what? My total body weight, which right now is 208. Um, I'm trying to do 208 calories on a salt bike or an echo bike in 10 minutes. Hmm. How do you do that? Do you like pace it out or do you just crank on it, back off, crank on it, back off? I've tried a couple different ways. Um, the last time I did it, I got 211. Hmm. 11. So you made it. You did it. So. No, no, I got to do it in 10 minutes. Oh, in, oh, in 11. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the original workout of that is supposed to be your body weight and calories in 10 minutes and then go into death by burpee. Oh. Um, most times I get off the bike, there is no death by burpee. <laughs> There's not even one. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's a, where where is that workout from? Um, you know Mike Thurk. Yep. Yeah, 
he's a cool dude. So when I met him at first fundraiser, um, he's tied in with these guys that are called Space Program. They used to be the old Jim Jones. So um, they're out in like Utah or something. So one of their benchmarks was called 300 FY or 300 fuck yourself. And that's the body weight in calories. So one of the guys that was there left, he's at V23 in Denver. Um, so I, I follow him on Instagram and uh, he did a hundred cows on the assault bike in a minute. Jeez. Yeah, the dude's a beast. And so he puts out these workouts. Um, that's where I got the idea when I did that cancer fundraiser. I call it the C2 triathlon. They call it Dante's triathlon, where it's 100 cows on each C2 machine, then 90, then 80, mm-hmm. 70, and so on. They have other versions where you go 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, and down the ladder. Um but they have a mix between like hardcore stuff and then what I call it like the longer endurance um, gotcha. workouts. Jeez, enough about me though. Hundred calories in a minute—that's insane. I'll send you the video, man. It is disgusting. Is it on an echo bike or an assault bike? Assault bike. Okay. Um. I did that rogue 50 cal challenge. I don't know if I think it was last year, maybe it was two years ago. How fast could you do 50 cal? Yeah. Um, I did it in 42 seconds and the guy that won it did it in like 26. (laughs) (laughs) The watts on it, the watts on it were just insane. Yeah. I like seeing those little challenges and stuff, but it's so different from, you know, 30 hours, uh, versus, you know, a minute, two minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. It's did a little bit different game <laughs> there, but, yeah. um, or rowing or rowing. Um, yeah. So one of the big things is like big questions. And someone actually asked me this about someone else the other day is like, why why do you keep doing these things like three years of big fish all these other things like why like at some point like at some point is it just like overkill like are you just doing the beating the same dead horse you know like i'm just curious as to why yeah it's funny because i get asked that a lot um a buddy of mine and i keep sending each other the same article for like the last month. Um, it's called 11. I'll send it to you. It's called 11 harsh truths that'll change your life. And like one of them is like failure doesn't always lead to growth. Right. And everyone's always like, Oh, you know, I learned so much or I did this. And it's like, sometimes you just fail. You fell on your face and you get back up. I've had plenty of those, whether in life, business, or, you know, athletically. My, you know, it's hard to articulate, but for me, it's that constant. I don't want to say other people settle. I'm not speaking for other people. But, you know, once you've kind of pushed that envelope or gone over the edge a little bit, I think when you peek over that cliff, 
you get really excited or how far can I push this or what's too much? Um, that's why I do it because, you know, I mean, so what if you, you, especially athletically, who cares if you fail? It's not, shouldn't hurt you. You know what I mean? Like now, look, if I went and tried to do 5,000 pull-ups tonight, I'd probably get hurt physically. Right. Probably. But, <laughs> but I, 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 I but I think a lot of it, it, you know, for me, um, girl I used to work out with all the time. I, it's my moment of Zen or we call it sweat Nirvana. Like when you're in that, like there's nothing better than getting, I work out early in the morning just because of schedule in life and whatever. But it's like, and it's cliche, like that's the hardest thing you're going to do today. Well, when I start off the day like that, just a hard ass workout. It just sets my mind frame and everything else for, it makes everything else a lot easier. So my thing is just, look, I'm getting older. Um, you know, a friend of ours always says you can't compare something to an ago. Um, I'll tell you a funny story because I was doing the master's qualifiers and it was the CrossFit total. And you could warm up, but then once you started your lifts, you only got three lifts mm. on each thing. Yeah. So I squatted... I don't know, like 411, where like my 21 year old self started. It'd be one plate, two plates, three plates, four plates is when I'm really starting to warm up and doing like eight reps. Yeah. You know, here it is 25 years later. <laughs> and I'm like, man, if I can get one good rep at four plates, right? I think so. Part of it's that constant, like, look, father time's undefeated. I want to push it. I want to see how far this can go. And it's like, what, what, ha so big deal. Let's just say that you went nuts on one of the fundraisers. Like you went a hundred percent that first hour. And then the land nav, like you went as hard as you possibly could go. What was going to happen? Okay. You, you cramped up. I cramped up. You get to mustard or pickle juice. Maybe you have to sit down for a half an hour, but it, it's probably not going to kill you. Probably not. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. So, you know, but that that's for, for me, the, the why's it's just, look, I mean, life's routine. Like, you know, when I, I turned 46 earlier in the year, a friend of ours called and said, happy birthday. He's like, your life's half over. That's a positive and a negative. Right. Like I don't do CrossFit. So, you know, I'm going to be the strongest third dude in the nursing home. Um, but at some point, look, your body's not going to be able to do the same thing. And that's why I keep trying to do more and more and more now because, look, I don't have a ton of hobbies, but I'm not going to be doing the big fish fundraiser at 57 years old. <laughs> Probably not. Right. Brian did it. Brian is like he did. 61. He was very impressive. <laughs> yeah. Very impressive. Um, but, you know, the, it's that shelf life. It's, yeah. I think I, and it's cliche to say, I don't want to have any regrets, but I also don't want to be 65 years old being like, well, I wish I ran a hundred miles. Mm -hmm. Well, I've already run a hundred miles and it's like, if I can run a hundred, why can't I run 150? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good, that's a really good point. What you said about like pushing it and pushing it and not settling. And this is where I usually get in trouble. People usually don't like get upset when you start talking like this, but it's like, like how far can you push it? And why would you want to spend your life not trying to push it? Like what kind of life is that? No matter what it is, it doesn't have to be physical, but why wouldn't you want to spend it 
trying to get the most potential out of yourself as you can, you know? And that's why I have a hard time. And I get sucked into the trap, like before the fundraiser even, kind of in a lull, like didn't really want to push it. Like kind of was getting a little lazy, you know, not, not working out as much. And I got into that and got that kind of like competitive juices flowing again. And I was like, like, why, why did I stop? This is what I love to do. And I want to see how far I can push it. You know, like there's so many things I want to do. Like I just can't waste that time. Absolutely. And look, I'm not like an anti-establishment guy and somebody that's always <laughs> like, you know, that, 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 that wall's black and you say it's white. And that's how I just, I'm not like that. Right. But you know, in the way that I approach things or attack things or, you know, it's my life, we'll call it my body or whatever, but like my life's not your life. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that people that are asking you those questions, um, you know, like everyone's like, oh, you should have everything in your life figured out by the time you're 30. I think that's complete bullshit. I'm 46 and I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I think that, you know, those are the type of people I'll give you, I'll flip it. If I was your age and it's like you ask people about like what you should do for business or what you should do for the rest of your life, like depending the age group or the person that you're asking you're going to get their answer. It has nothing to do with you. And it's like when people are like, why do you do it? You're not the type of person that's going to go do a 30 hour event. It's nothing. I'm not picking on you. I'm not bagging on you. It's totally your life. This is my life. If this is what I'm drawn to, or I think it's a challenge or I want to do, I'm going to do it. What do you care? And that's where, mm, I don't know. Let's make up a number. 97% of the population doesn't think that way. Yeah. And it's also, it, it, it's sad, but you know, our friend always says, look, your ruler's not my ruler. Um, and I tell people that all the time, like, oh, I can never do that. No one's asking you to go run for 42 hours or do, you know, 10 mile kettlebell run. It's, they, I don't think they want to do anything that gets them out of their comfort zone. I see that all the time. Like I'll use you as a perfect example. I admire you greatly because you moved away from all your friends and family, all your network. And it's like, dude, I want to do this and I'm starting over and it's not fun. It's not easy. I did something semi similar, moved to a completely different area, probably a little younger than you, maybe the same age. And it's like, dude, it's spooky. But it's like, I can tell you now as a 46 year old, my kids are ingrained in schools. I'm pretty ingrained in my business. They're, you know, I'm just not going to move to Montana and be like, hey, it's time to start over. I've always wanted to do this. That <laughs> ship is pretty much sailed, right? So, you know, I'll pick the places where I think I can push it. And, you know, at some point, all this will come to an end, maybe. Um, or maybe I'm 61 years old like Brian, still doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. How'd you feel after that? I mean, let me ask you this. Yeah. No, go ahead. Um, no, no. Um, physically, I felt pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't sleep great out there. Um, <laughs> Why? <laughs> no comments. Um, <laughs> but for me, I think emotionally, um, they're draining 
because the adrenaline you're you're running at high high levels and then when you come off of that you're like huh this is kind of boring i'm sitting in an airport eating eggs like i want to be doing something crazy right yeah. or you're, you're just around <laughs> such good people um but for me the the lack of sleep over the last couple ones that's what starts to get me is that my brain's a little foggy for a day or two it takes me to kind of gotcha get back in there does that make sense yeah no for sure how about you um physically felt it is more of like coming off the emotional high i think that always like you come from the high you go to the crash and it's it's not even just like it's like you said it's a it's partly just being around all those people and the environment's so great and it's just so much fun. You're just like, hi, 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 hi. And then it's over and you're like, oh, what do we do now again? That was life for the past 30 hours. You know, that's part of it. Um, physically felt pretty good. Calves were a little sore. Um, shoulders and stuff just achy from putting stuff on it. And neck didn't feel great for a little while. Um, but other than that, what else? Yeah, felt pretty good. Tired. Foggy, like you said. And like that next day into the day after kind of just not like thinking a hundred percent clearly. Like it's a little weird. Like people will walk into the gym and I'll look at them and it'll take me like another second to like remember what their name was. And I'm like, I literally see you every day, but it's like a weird thing like that. A little foggy, a little slow. Yeah. It's look, everyone there is amazing. I mean, I, that's the thing that that circle or family, whatever you want to call it, there's, they're impressive. They're positive. Like they genuinely care. Like I cannot say enough about, you know, like Jason and Jeff and Herman and, you know, everybody that's out there is helping Noah. Um, you know, it's such a great time. Like it's hard not to walk out of there. And then the next thing you do, you're kind of like, huh? Okay. <laughs> right. Like my ribs hurt from laughing. Like it's funny. Every, there's a lot of good natured ribbing, but I mean, like you don't get in that environment very often where, you know, like I always say you're standing on the shoulder of giants and people are like, what's that mean? And it's like, I'm smarter. I can see farther. I can do more because mm. of, I don't want to call it class or whatever, but just the quality of people that you're around. Yep. It, it, it's really an amazing group that you know i don't at least nothing against my other friends or networks or communities but it's like man it's so high powered and intense from the day you know that you get on the ranch until you leave like it's it's like a festival i mean it's just awesome yeah i always miss it for like a week get a little sad just miss that whole yeah i mean it's um I didn't realize, I mean, I hadn't been out there in a year. I hadn't seen a lot of people. Um, it's, I feel like it's been like that, like a whirlwind from the second fundraiser. And it was just like, boom. I mean, I was June of 21. So this was May of 22, but yeah, it's just like lightning fast. And I, you know, I don't know why life feels like that lately. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know when you're in the event time feels like it's taking forever um but then when it's over you're like that really didn't seem that long yeah it is weird like that time is weird in those kinds of things but what were you gonna ask earlier what's the before i cut you off i totally forget um what's the next big adventure for you um so i actually i've been thinking about it 
Um, I'd like to I'd like to row again. I'd like to go 10k for as long as I can go on the hour again, and hopefully go out and do what I intended to do on the first one and actually make it 33 hours, but not let that be How a far stopping did you make point. It last time? 22. Yeah, I'd like 33 would be the goal, but I'd like to keep it open ended to the point where like if I get there and then there's more, just keep going. Like give yourself two days, two days open to do it. Not to say, I mean, 48 hours would be pretty cool, but like just to, just to be <laughs> like, if I get to 33, just like, just keep going, like completely empty the tank. Do you think it's harder tackle something like that a second time knowing I don't know the right way to describe it but like you know where you're gonna get and it's like what's gonna be that new factor or what pushes you over you know either to success or how do you get past kind of that breaking point from before yeah I mean I don't know I know I would definitely train I'd have to train for it just getting on the rower more just to get used to like the aches and pains that come up when you row. But I think mentally I'm better now. Um, physically I could get on the rower for sure. That would definitely help. Like I would have to, I'd give myself a few months to just start just pounding on the rower. Um, but like the first time I did it, it wasn't, it wasn't like an, I started, I flew home from here for a holiday Thanksgiving late flight got in started the row at one in the morning so it wasn't like an ideal starting time it was actually pretty stupid (laughs) yeah you know so so i think that in itself Uh like starting at a reasonable time and sleeping the night before would probably help (laughs) but let me ask you this so for myself on good friday when i did that um triple c2 triathlon yeah I didn't train for it. I met up with the lady that owns our box. We did a Faith RX wad to kind of kickstart it, um, which I wasn't expecting. And I gunned it. And I don't think I ate anything until like 3.30 in the afternoon. Like I didn't really game plan. I, I'll say maybe I didn't, I maybe underestimated it or I didn't take it as serious, but how do you balance just saying, Hey, I'm going to do this, right? Like kind of like the kettlebell swing thing that we did where it's just like, Hey, I'm going to go for it versus like all out training for it for a row. Like how do you decide like what's, I don't want to call it worthy, but what are you really going to train for versus like, Hey, I'm just going to try and do this. Like, how do I decide that? Yeah, like how do you put say like why is this goal that much more mm. important that you're going to put training and yeah. plan together and everything else versus a lot of the stuff we do where it's like yeah I think wherever the wherever dice fall yeah I think it's I think it kind of goes back to what you just asked me I did it once and I failed it so I know I wasn't quote good enough to do it so I need to do a little bit more to get ready but I think that would be the the obvious yeah. reason why. You know, because I did a fair amount. I wrote a fair amount to get ready for that. Yeah, I did do a fair amount of like 10Ks and stuff. Um, and just like practicing like what I was going to eat and stuff just to see how I reacted. 
and like getting on the rower and stuff like that and um so yeah definitely train probably do it in the fall or later this summer because it's definitely been ever since i failed that it's definitely been i mean haunting it's a kind of weird word but it's I, i always think about it it always comes up i just keep pushing it pushing it i'm like no 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 but now i'm to the point where i'm like yeah i should do that and just knock that one out you know oh, that's funny it's the same way where there's one like i mean i'll tell you that um i think about it almost daily maybe not daily but definitely weekly where you know, i've run 105 miles where i'm like okay and i know that tosh and james you know kind of redid that and they had their own goals but i'm like I'd really like to try and see, you know, if I could get to like 50 hours, Yeah. then it's like, is it 50 an arbitrary goal? Because once I get, once I hit 50, then am I going to quit? So it's like, I'm trying to kind of come up with a, a different challenge or something where maybe I haven't done it. Mm. Um, but there's not like a finite goal. Does that make yeah. sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like kind of similar, I guess. Like 50 is the goal, 33 is the goal, but like you don't want that to limit you, maybe? Yeah. Because that kind of happens. But unless you get in that situation, you never know, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And it has to be, like you get there, it has to be a little exciting. Where it's like when the sun rises and you get that burst of energy, you're like, okay, I did it. Now everything from here, you kind of take the pressure off because you're like, everything from here is like icing on the cake. It's just like bonus, you know, which is good and bad can be a trap, can be good. Is this one definitely going to be by yourself or are you going to have people around? Um, I've, I've actually thought about getting like, just opening it up and like asking people like, Hey, do you want to do this? Let's just get some rowers and let's just go as long as we can. Um, but I mean, if I did it by myself, I would have people there, like kind of supporting and whatever, like invite people to come. Because I definitely, it's it that's hard. It's a hard one to do by yourself because you don't have time. Like the rows, any like as you start going, it's about fifty-ish minutes, which leaves you ten minutes to do whatever you need to do before you get back on again. So. Well, I mean, I remember from DD2, I had rolled three 10Ks in a row, like in the middle of the night. And it's like, just, it was like, I don't know, 43. Yeah. 49. Then it's like 57. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Once you start like, getting all past. Right, I'm going to have like a. Yeah. Like past 52 is like, that starts to get rough. Like you get off with less than eight minutes. You're like, holy shit. <laughs> Right back on. The I mean, that's why you know it's a lot of those. It's like it just becomes basically an AMRAP. Yeah. Right. Um, I've done a couple workouts like that the last couple months, where it's like as the EMOM speed up, it like basically just turns into an AMRAP because mm-hmm. you, there's literally like no time in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that'll be exciting. It gives me something to kind of like think about and go for and push towards. And to be an awesome achievement, so I'm excited. Give me your life's philosophy in like three bullet points. My what? 
<laughs> what you say? Your life philosophy, uh, right? What are what are what are the three what are the three main kind of guiding tenets of Connor Warman's life? That's a tough question to just think to just say. Um. I don't know. <laughs> I would have to like think about that. I think I don't know. Do you know those? Yeah, I know them exactly. They're very simple. Uh, number one, don't be a dick. Hmm, it's not hard, fair. right? Yeah, but it is kind of hard because you know whether it's making commitments or biting off more that you can chew. But it's like, look, don't be a dick. Um, the second one's a little weird, but it's don't talk down to people that aren't in a position to talk back to you. Mm. That's more or less, it's, it's the golden rule, right? Treat everybody how you expect to be treated. Um, and then the third one is something that I've wrestled with a lot, but I've gotten much better about the last couple of years is don't everything you do, do it with the expectation that you're getting nothing in return. And, you know, one of that can be the power of no, right? Saying no or not making commitments. But I found if you just give yourself or give anything time, effort, resources, but you don't expect anything back, life's fine. There's a direct correlation between the size of your expectations and your resentment. And I think a lot of people build so many things up, whether it's experiences or relationships, and they think this is going to happen at the end of it, and mm -hmm. it doesn't, and they're sorely disappointed. So that's why I just mm -hmm. think just do everything with the expectation that you're going to get nothing in return, and you'll be much happier. I like that. I just wrote that down because the fact that I couldn't answer it means I need to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you, man, 11 harsh truths that will change your life. Just get, I'll you, send got, it to you. you got the deer in headlights look when you asked me that question. <laughs> it's probably not good. It's all right. I like to <laughs> I like to stump you, but that's good. But like, I mean, let me ask you this: Do you get tired of people giving you advice? Um, actually, no, because a lot of the people I get, most of the people I get advice from, I really, really respect, and like everything they say, I'm like, yep, like yep, like they're people I should be listening to, and they're people I love and respect, so. For the most part, but if there's someone who's obviously not, who's obviously like overstepping or like, I'm like, I have no business listening to you, then yes. But I don't have a lot of those people. Let me rephrase that. Do you, do you get a lot of unsolicited advice? Yes. And the, now that you keep saying that, yeah, there is a lot. <laughs> okay. But like the, the good advice that I get, which is I get a lot of it is good. Like I like that, but. Now that I think about it, there's but a lot. you're seeking out that advice versus unsolicited advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting question point. I guess it probably happens more. I might be a little oblivious to it sometimes. Awesome. Yeah. What else? What else with what? What else is on your mind? That's it. I mean, I don't have anything else. You? No, man. I think you keep doing what you're doing. I'm looking forward to throwing down with you again. Who knows when that'll be, but I'm sure we'll find something exciting. 
that's uh keep me posted about your row that was one of the nice things about dt's row mm. um got some people in my box to do it there's other things that from people at different events that we've all facetimed or zoomed together to do some of these things but yeah. um you know, I just think it goes back to, uh, I'll plug Big Fish again and everything, the community that's being built. Um, there's a lot of great relationships that people are willing to help each other or you find different supports. And that's why I think I'll give DT a ton of credit. Like, I think he's helped kind of create, for lack of a better term, an affiliate model from Big Fish that like you're seeing more and more fundraisers and events and whether it's through a diesel day or big fish, you're seeing a lot of these different tenants spread out. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I know Vincent, Vincent and those guys have some stuff going on and it, you know, it's everybody's different, but there's a lot of like-minded beliefs and, you know, core beliefs or philosophies that are getting spread out. It's just, it's pretty interesting to see what's coming together. Yeah, no, it is cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool that people have been doing that. Cause it, it just, then it's not just like the fundraise, like there's other things that are popping up, like to support big fish, which is cool. It's not like just the fundraiser. Yeah. I mean, which obviously is the big one, but it's cool. The people are like trying to like do their own thing to support big fish. It's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right, Mike, thanks for doing this. All right, brother. This well, I really great. appreciate you. Give me a shout. It was good to catch up. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, cool. All right, man. Have a great night.